Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good wide receiver class. You know, it's something where we're going to see six, seven, maybe eight drafted in the first round. We could actually see a record broken this year. But it is elite because of those players at the top. Marvin Harrison Jr. is obviously elite. Sorry, Bills fans, he's yeah. not going to be there. Malik Neighbors from LSU, similar situation. Roma Dunze from Washington. But it's that fourth guy, Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU. He might have been the number one receiver off the board last year. And we're going to get into more players this year, you know, whether it's Adonai Mitchell and Xavier Worthy from Texas, whether it's Keon Coleman from FSU, Ladd McConkey from Georgia. I mean, the list just goes on and on. So if you need a wide receiver and don't get one in the first round this year, it's just bad drafting, basically, because there will be a good player there. Matt Miller on Twitter, at NFL Draft Scout, joining Chris Brown and Maddie Glab from the Combine and One Bills Live. Good morning, Jeremy and Joe. Sun is out. Mm-hmm. Temps on the rise. Start the warm-up. Let's go. Get the windows down. Get the golf clubs back out. The windows down. Well, maybe not yet. We had the windows open in the house a couple days ago. It was nice. It was in the... What, did it get to the 60s? Probably it got was to like the 60s. 65 the other day. Yeah. yeah. We're looking at 50 degrees by about 3 o'clock today and sunshine all day. Beauty. So looking like a nice day. Very good. You can join us. We've talked a little bit about the Sabres and their win last night. And, you know, the, the big picture, there's a report from Pierre Lebrun that Chris Tanev, who was just traded from the Flames to the Stars, was mm-hmm. someone the Sabres had targeted, but he had a modified no trade and made his decision where to go. And the story in there is also that the Sabres wanted to acquire him and would have given him an extension. He's a UFA. He is 34 years old, um, big defenseman that you know the, the Flames traded away to Dallas. So there's that. The Sabres did win. They got a point on Tampa, who they are chasing. And they got two on Detroit, yes. who also lost last night. So I don't know what the updated playoff chances are if they went from 1% to like 1.7% or 2%. Hey, they got three games and they got three head-to-heads left at Detroit. So (laughs) if I win all three of those in regulation, you're only six out. Detroit is having one of those seasons where they're not actually good. Oh, But they're having a good year. 100%. They're getting all the saves and all the pucks are going in. Yeah, Jeremy and Joe, Joe's back in today. You've missed a, a chunk of this week with the combine. There's been plenty of 
chatter about receivers. Every every single interview, I'm, I'm like watching them all. Matt Bovey posted a bunch. I saw Josh Reed post a bunch. Sal, of course, doing a bunch of these as well. Um, I, I this will shock you. There's a Debo Samuel 2.0. Do you know? Oh, there's you know, always a Debo there always Samuel is. 2.0. You know which receiver is Ryan Wilson? The CBS um, called this receiver Debo Samuel 2.0. Is it Malachi Corley? Correct. Is it really? Yeah, it is. I really did not know that. I was just taking a shot in the dark. Well, Malachi Corley he's is... A, he's a yak guy. He's the yeah. yak king. That's why, yeah. He calls himself the yak king. He runs like a fullback despite being built like a receiver, like Debo does. Mm-hmm. So that's that's who Ryan Wilson said was Debo 2.0. But that clip there from Matt Miller, if you don't take a receiver in the first round, if you want one and you don't take one in the first round, that's bad drafting because there's definitely somebody worth it. Mm-hmm. Strong, str- strong statement, right? Whether yep. that's Adonai Mitchell or Xavier Worthy or, you know, on and on and on. That if you want one, mm-hmm. you'll get one. Yeah. If you need one, yep. he's also saying, like, yep. if you need one, that, go ahead. Like, there are, the, this is your this is your time to shine if you truly need one. And I, I also kind of respect that ideal because it, eliminates the risk of, well, because there's so many good ones, I could just wait until the second round and I can get my guy there when you will be gambling. You will be taking a risk by doing that of, okay, well, if there's 14 receivers that I truly like here, I can either sit here right now and take the sixth best one or I can cross my fingers and hope that while Kansas City's picking and Baltimore's picking and 30 other teams in between – are picking that I'm still I'm not gonna have I'm not gonna have ten, I'm not gonna have eight guys go that I'm not gonna be left at the trough at the end without somebody to pick that that because that's nightmare fuel that to me is nightmare fuel where you wait till the second round and now you're not in control of the board anymore if you need the receiver you're not in control or you've got to go move up and you better hope there's a dance partner for you to go move up so that you can grab a guy I just think you you are playing games if you have guys available there in round one if and you truly need it and you decide yeah let's 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 hold off let's hold off and play the board let's play the game let's play the feud wait till the second round for it um, mo- every day that passes hearing that clip too I'm more entrenched in just like if there's a guy there you like you just do it if you have a guy with a first round grade at wide receiver and if there are four at with a first round grade don't doesn't matter just take one don't don't not take one because there's too many that you like there. Yep. Defensive lineman ran yesterday. A couple names we had mentioned. Chop Robinson's one, the Penn State defensive end. He's the guy that's like a freak athlete. He is. He's on Bruce Feldman's list of freaks. He had aimed for running a four four, and he ran a four four eight. That's so, still pretty. So four four eight is a that is a four four. Yeah. Right. If we're doing the first two, that's like Zay Jones forty times. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's an edge rusher who ran a four four. So yeah. maybe you know he priced himself out of. The Bills. Yep. I, I'm, I'm not against edge rusher. Just I I think the priority needs to be secondary. I, and what I'm really hoping for is the next couple of weeks to really change the conversation for what their needs are. Like, I am rooting hard for them to just get, bring back either an A.J. Epinesa or a Leonard Floyd, they re-sign a Daquan Jones because I don't know that he gets the respect around the league that it seems that he gets here, or the value doesn't seem to be the same because you'll look at these lists of like top 
available defensive tackles. I know teams are different than pro football focus, but lists of available defensive tackles, and he's not like the top of the list. Spot track doesn't have him that high. Like Jones might be someone they could bring back and not spend that much. And maybe Floyd or Epinesa would be the same thing. But I'm going to be rooting a lot for them to bring back two of those three guys because I think it will further, it will push the need for defensive line down the board a little bit. Like that, my biggest fear right now is the fact that they have no defensive linemen and that that is the biggest threat to them not taking a receiver. But in 10 days, if they've got Floyd and Jones back or Jones and Epinesa back, I just think it's going to be full steam ahead. Yep. Safety is, of course, in there. I made the point yesterday with... Yep, it is. Um, Bad class, though, right? Every time we kind of... Well, not not a great class from what... Maybe, every time we ask someone about it? Maybe not, but a lot of times what that is is how is it at the top, right? Like, the receiver class is said to be deep, not only at the top, but all throughout it. And yep. safeties... The first safety one off the board at... Let's say the Bills get there. It, and they could, could be the, fir- the first It safety. could be. Yeah. The first safety going 28th. Let's look at quarterback classes as a comparison. If the first quarterback goes off the board at 20th, what do you say? Bad quarterback class. Yep. If quarterbacks go 1, 2, 3, 6, 11. Great quarterback class. Great quarterback class. Yep. So with safeties, we've seen some go in the top 10. For, for the Bills, this is a McDermott pick that would be different than let, – let's, let's discuss safety as an idea. We heard a lot of them talk yesterday. A lot of them said they had met with the Bills. Cam Kinchins, there's one. I, I, he said, yeah, he said he found the Bills. I yep. watched him. He's one of the higher-rated safeties out of Miami. If they take a safety, you know, you might want, you might be just like me, full speed on the receiver train, and you might be tired of defensive line. Although we had the stat yesterday, do you know how many picks the Bills have spent on defensive line in their last thirty draft picks? No, three. Doesn't it three feel? Doesn't it feel like fifteen? But it's three. How far does thirty go back? That's only four years. The dra- three years at, at Oliver draft, they took two. The following draft, since then, it's been yeah. Epinesa, Basham, Rousseau. That's it. There's not been a lot of yeah. investment in the defensive line, so that is coming. Yeah. But anyway, what I'm getting to is they have not spent a lot on safety because they had Hyde and Poyer forever. Right. Yeah, they didn't spend anything. Nothing. They had. They drafted Hamlin in and, the sixth. Right. Yeah. And that's it. But. Other than that, like their safeties have been not premium assets. Cam yeah. Lewis and who was undrafted, Jaquan, and, Jaquan Johnson, and even Rap. As much as we talked about his starting experience with the Rams, they didn't spend no anything. To very get him. cheap. So they've yeah. spent very, very little on safety, and they've gotten great results out of it. Which leads to two potential schools of thought. Hey, I think Sean McDermott could probably get a lot done with shopping here or there. The biggest investment they ever made at safety was Micah Hyde, who would who was good. Yeah. If they drafted a safety in the first round, Joe, even if you are staunchly offense, offense, defense, schmefense, for me it would be, all right, McDermott has built his entire defensive identity, even though they draft defensive ends and spend money there and they rotate. Their bread and butter has been the secondary forever. Mm-hmm. They've been so steady back there. They get Rasul Douglas, and how does it work out? Right away he's good. Elam's mm-hmm. a bust. Throw him over there. Throw Christian Benford in for him. How's he? He's just immediately good. Mm-hmm. They've The corner two position has long been good no matter what. The safeties. Poyer was not exactly a household name when they got him. He's good. Like The way they coach up and identify guys in the secondary, they're routinely getting good results. And if they looked at that, I, I know you could say you could play it with a, a, maybe a less of an investment than a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. But if they go for Cam Kinchins in the first round, I'm going to just say, like, all right, well, I'm going to count on the McDermott defense to be sound, taken care of. 
it's going to work out. Even though Elam busted and we sit yeah. here and, and wonder about him, I just think in the secondary I would feel really good about how that would look. Well, let me let me just let me say this. They in the last 2 years have had more they've had more disruptions in the secondary in the last 2 years than any other stretch, right? Like they've Trey White. Hyde missed a whole year. Yep. Poyer was in and out that whole year. And you could even throw in this year that while those two were on the field, it we all knew it wasn't the same. We all it's not they were not playing at an all pro level, really either one of them. Poyer hell was playing half the year at linebacker, because more so maybe what they had a linebacker, but whatever. They had Rap moving in and off the field, and he was going back there into safety, and Hamlin had to play a full season. Because Hyde had missed, right? Jaquan Johnson had started games. Elam didn't produce, and White missed. So here, Rasul Douglas came in, and that helped. But before that, like it's a lot of Dane Jackson. Yeah, Dane and Jackson, Benford, another been that's good. A, it's a sixth and seventh round pick. Like they, they've found their way to answers. There. And that's that's kind of where I want to get to with the secondary. If they draft a safety, I, I'll be confident they'll turn that guy into a very good player because they've done a pretty good job at developing. Almost everybody on the defensive side of the football, and I'll think, well, that is their, them saying like we think this position is important. It kind of gets talked about as a position in the league that you don't. It's not like a premium position; like it's it's further down the board. It might be closer to running back than it is to the top ones, like edge rusher, or left tackle, or whatever. But it would be the Bills prioritizing it and telling you they think that position is a premium position. Because the moment we don't have our all-pro guys back there, we're spending a first-round first pick, pick on it. And I want to point out, you guys have been pretty darn good on defense the last two years, and you've had a lot of trouble back there. Yep. You've had Hamlin playing. You've had Old Poyer and Hyde. You've had Taylor Rapp. You've you've been pieced. Cam Lewis has played a bunch back there. You've been piecing it together. And... You were the second best defense two years ago, and you were like eleventh last year. How bad can it really get with just whatever? You well, throw I guess back there? what I would go with is like this kind of gets back to the corner two conversation, which I mean, I would have made the same point. They're good no matter who goes in there. Why do they get Elam? Probably because they want to stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Let's just fine. This guy's going to fit in, and our secondary is going to be complete. It's about whether it's availability or consistency or continuity. If they draft a safety in the first round, which, again, like positional value, I think a receiver's more important. But if they did that, the the easy, okay, I get it. It really is three positions, though, isn't it? I mean, if you want to go defensive end and line. It's D-line, safety, and receiver. I feel like because of the type of tackle they need, which is like the bigger, you know, like eat-up blocks type of guy, that I feel like it's three. I think it's safety, it's edge, and it's it's receiver. Okay. But even right, if you want to include defensive line as a unit, any, sure. any other position leads to shrieks on draft night. You did what? I mean, unless yes. center? Do you want to include center here? They've been mocked the Oregon center a, a handful of times that I've seen. And, you know, Mitch Morris is not, doesn't have a lot left. The I problem know. with drafting. They have Ryan Bates under contract, too, I by know. the way. Like, they have. I, I don't know how much you should, should I include Bates in this. I don't know if I need to. But the point I... about a center, if they, dra- <laughs> if they draft a center, then this is a team with a cap problem that has a lot of starting jobs available, many on the defense, that would draft a player that would not start. Or or right. in a perfect world would displace a starter that is already good. Right. Is he going for Morse? No. Is he going for Osiris Torrance? No. Connor McGovern? No. I want to rule out center just because it's really a pick. rule out offensive line. Don't you? Right tackle? What if they drafted a right tackle? Is that Shrieks? Wasn't Spencer Brown 
for all they've talked about, he was fine last year. How he wasn't good two years ago because of the back injury. They were they were justified in yeah. that, right? Like they they feel vindicated. I'm sure that hey, it was the back injury, and then last year he was healthy, and oh look, he was he was a lot better. He wasn't amazing, but he was a lot better. So anything on offense that isn't receiver, I think you're getting Shrieks. that reaction. <laughs> I think you have to be getting that reaction. Well, I mean, I guess could you say. No, linebacker's different. Linebacker's Anything not it. but linebacker, would there would be some defense for it? Would someone try to defend it? I'm not going to say that would be me. But if they draft a corner, am I going to hear reasonable defenses for why that was smart? If they draft, I you know... I, 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 think, I think corner might be a tough sell. Corner is... I, mean, I just, I can't get there. I, I, whenever I see corner's the one more than center that is mocked to the Bills where I just scratch my head and go, what is the reasoning here? They, they're fine. They're even maybe good at that position for like for at least two years, right? Like, don't we all think they're going to extend Rasul Douglas? I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too sure about that. They might do it for a short term extension to try and save cap space. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we talk about the downside of a career and how old a guy is, like extending Douglas, he's he's a little. He's the other guy, by the way. I hear a lot of well, he 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 is the perfect type of player and skill set that he can switch to safety right. someday. Which again, kind of gets back to the fact with safety of like, look what that position is. That happens a lot. It's happened in the league a lot where I just will put our old corner back there. How about George Wilson? <laughs> George Wilson, right? Like, just yeah, throw a guy that's never done it back there. He'll figure it out. Like, it, it happens a lot at that position. It doesn't so really happen for many other positions. No, right. Like, I guess quarterbacks what's, turn into tight ends. I was going to say, what's bit, the second most position, the second position that is the most switched to? That's a, that's a good Is safety question. one, and second would be like, what, guards going to, tackles going to guard? Which doesn't even count. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't count. Quarterbacks going to tight end. How many do that? Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill, uh, Logan Thomas, uh, <laughs> Eagles star Tyree Jackson, according yes, to one uh, yes. Philadelphia beat reporter. Eight hundred three five fifty. Hey, a quick note from the NFL: the league tested optical tracking. You know what that is? What does that mean that would replace the chains? Ooh, are we getting the yellow line? The league tested optical tracking during the Super Bowl for uh-huh. line-to-gain rulings. NFL in, NFL Network insider Tom Pellicero reporting this yesterday. The technology is not expected to be ready to be used this season. It would require a vote from ownership, but the use of a metal chain to determine first downs might not be much longer. Okay. I like that. The chain. I mean, the chains are so archaic. It's amazing. It's really amazing they've made it this far. It's they've amaz- lived it, this long. <laughs> it is amazing they made it this far. I also saw the clip yesterday. Warren Sharp tweeted out like great moments in chain gang history. Uh-huh. And one of those was, and I mean, I, I had forgotten this this happened. NFL only? NFL only. Okay. Okay. There's a couple. There's a, there's a college one no, that is it, amazing. It though. wasn't NFL only. There's a college one, too, because the chain broke off. Oh, he had, okay. He had one of those. But great moments in chain gang history. Mm-hmm. Warren Sharp had it. There's the clip. It's Cowboys and Raiders, and it's okay. so close that Gene Sterator, the great Gene Sterator, uh-huh. went and got an index card to try to put it between the football and the chain. I mean. And because it touched, did, he then signaled first down. 
because it touched. He put an index card. Go it look touched it up. the football or yeah, it touched it, the chair. It touched the well, chain. It, it indicated that he couldn't get the two, but it couldn't get it in between. So he signaled first down. Check it out. Where did he get an index card? Great question. <laughs> like you're an NFL referee, you just have him hang <laughs> out in your pocket. Great Someone question. Someone had it. I guess. And the, the the reaction I had was watching this video. I forgot about this with Gene Steratore and the index card. I thought, this is your god. The guy that's on the broadcast, <laughs> the guy that I can't get away from for five minutes, uh-huh. he's the index card guy. Man, I very often will watch a game, and when it's a very close measurement, like it's a fourth and Allen and against the Dolphins, where it's like a QB sneak and like he just jumps forward, I'll watch the linesmen like that are coming in to mark the ball just to see how straight they're running. And so often... They will move left or right to get around people and then just guess at getting back to where they thought they were. Which, of course, can be off by like three, four inches very easily. And that's how we've been measuring things. Like, let's see. How we've been measuring things is how good is this 50-year-old man or woman at running 25 yards from the sideline in a straight line? Because, again, they could be, they could move two inches to the right. As they're running down yep. to mark the ball, and that two inches could be the could be the reason why it's not a first down. And that's how we've been still been doing things. Well, that's why. Well, I hope that passes. Well, here's the thing: you still have that because you don't have a chip in the ball. You're still marking. they're not putting a chip in the ball. Uh, this track- well, they have to be if they're if they're going to be like. Well, are are you saying they're going to have a laser that like goes across the field? I think that's more likely. They're talking about tracking and spotting i don't see anything about the a, a chip or an exoskeleton of chips in the ball all i see from tom tom palacero it's a skeleton the skeletrack system high res cameras along the goal line sideline end lines smart watches with haptics to support officials who could also be vetted could be utilized this upcoming season what that sounds like to me like what I would love to have on the broadcast, this could replace Gene's territory, by the way, uh, in certain moments, well, is, now, now when, is when you get in tennis, the challenge, and you get that 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 video graphic or yep, whatever. Hits the line. That it just vision, it takes two seconds and it shows you. Or it, the the VAR, like not, not only for VAR, I'm talking like the goal line stuff, technology that they have in soccer, yeah. where they'll it's, show, like, again, it'll be like a graphic, or it'll be like a visualization, and they'll show the ball, and they could zoom in as far as they want, like, okay, is this there? And it takes two seconds to figure out. And in soccer, what it does, the official also has a watch. It buzzes the watch. If the ball goes over the line, yeah. zzz, well, that's, didn't, didn't Did you just say watches for yes, yes. the Pelicero thing? Haptic watch is part of the replay system in the future, so. I'm in. Moving forward in the NFL and the chain gang might be uh we might hey, not be long for the, the chain gang. The more technology you get on this stuff, the less you're gonna be hearing from the rules analysts guessing at what they're gonna call. Right? Don't threaten I me. With, don't threaten me with a good time. Paul Hamilton, when we return, Sabres win in Tampa, get two points, Tampa gets a point. Uh next up, home game tomorrow night, and perhaps Jack Eichel returns to the lineup for Vegas. He's been out since January eleventh. Jeremy and Joe and Paul next on WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Entry down by Cousins on the left side, and then Alex Tuck overskates a pass, and it's back out to center ice. Quickly ahead to Tage Thompson. Thompson fires a shot, scores! Oh. Tie game, 2-2 as Tage Thompson let it rip. With 8.27 to go here in the third period, it's a power play goal. Moments of the game, brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. Sabres win. Did you hear that voice, that, that noise Rob made on the call there? Yes. Like, huh. Not ha- heard that a lot with Tage goals this year compared to last year's. Yeah, I would say the we mentioned earlier Labushkin getting traded and the Labushkin game. If we can call it the Labushkin game, it's, it's the Labushkin game. Sure, last year he scores in Tampa mm-hmm. on a breakaway in overtime. Mm-hmm. That game, Tage was a monster in that game, mm-hmm. and the Sabers had highlight real goals. It was it was you know last year they won more games six to five than they do this this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's a great one. Waiting on Paul Hamilton, who's going to join us in just a moment. Sabres win. We can uh, check the NHL standings, brought to you by Tall Chief Cigars. Stand tall with Native Pride and Tall, Native Pride and tall Chief Cigars. The Sabres pick up the two points. Uh, Tampa does get a point in the process as well, and Detroit lost. So they are not out of it. The The way to look at it, Joe, if you want to do the math, the, the eight spot looks like it's going to be 92.5 to 93 points. So to get the so Sabres, I guess then it's really not different than last year. Not that, much. Last year was ninety one, yeah. ninety two. So so ninety three. The Sabers would need thirty three points in their last twenty two games. Thirty three points. Huh? Thirty three points. Okay, so they'd have to go. So just think of it that way. Your yeah, your magic number thirty three. You got to get thirty three points. Play Vegas tomorrow. If you get two, thirty one. If you drop two points, your ability to get 33 points, and when are they mathematically eliminated? Not for a while. It's like 15, 4, and 3, for for example. Right, they wouldn't be mathematically eliminated maybe until like a couple weeks to go. Oh, if, if, maybe if they don't maybe, make maybe, up. Yeah, right, right. 803-0550 to the Western Hotline. Paul Hamilton joins us talking about last night's Sabres game. The Sabres beat Tampa in overtime. Paul's appearance brought to you by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. Hey, Paul. Good morning, guys. How are you? All right. That game was, uh, you know, good for the Sabers to win. They, I don't know, Paul, was it the most inspired effort? What, what, what's your takeaway from it? Just hey, whatever, get the points, right? 
Yeah, both teams just seemed really out of sync for a lot of that game. It was like both teams had grenades on their stick or something. They uh, just uh, it was very choppy type of a game. Um, you know, a lot a lot of it was in the neutral zone. The passing wasn't real good. Uh, they just you know, seemed to be off uh, a little bit, uh, and it wasn't just the Sabres. I thought both teams were off, and the shots kind of indicated that as, as we went along. And in the third period, I think it got a little bit better yeah. uh, as the third period went on. But for the first 40 minutes, I, that just seemed to be like a game that was out of sync. You know, the whole game, Paul, you mentioned they felt like they were out of sync. In the third period, they shortened their lines. Granado put a couple guys just like stapled to the bench. Krebs was on the bench. Um, I think Gergensen, Oposo. Yeah. Like they they shortened the bench to try and get their big guns out there, and I guess that ultimately paid off. Yeah, Skinner also he was wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I, the Krebs was the one that really puzzled me. I I thought Krebs was probably their best player or one of their best players. Um, that was the one I didn't understand. Um, why he was the one that was stable to the bench. Uh, the other two I got, I didn't get Krebs. I, I, I don't, I, I thought about it, you know, later as we were uh, coming home too, and I, I just, I, I, I don't know what he saw that I, I totally missed, but I totally missed what he was seeing there. Mm-hmm. I, I guess just, like, I don't, I'm just trying to figure that out too, Paul. Like, I'm just as bewildered as anyone because I thought he was having a great game. He had played well, I thought, the last week or so with the his new line mates with Benson and Paterka. And I was already a little like, okay, well, he's going back down on the fourth line or back down with more of a checking line, I should say. I, I guess... Is he just a? Is it just a product, Paul? Of they have three other centermen that they like and have status, and it's going to be hard for anybody that plays center with those three still on the team to earn ice time. Well, he said it was a matchup thing as far as starting the game uh, the way they did. Um, he 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 almost made it sound like it was a one one and done type of a, a scenario mm-hmm. there. Um, so. But still, I, I, I agree with you. I, I thought, you know, he had probably been one of their best players. I mean, Thompson, I think, has been their best player recently. But I think other than the first game when that line was together, I thought that line every time they were in the offensive zone most of the night, uh, you know, was, were creating chances, doing well. And, and I liked what I saw from that line. So I was equally surprised when I saw, you know, he, to even start the game now, if you felt because of match matchups that you wanted to do that, that's fine. I still think it was because of Casey Middlestat, who was you know was in a huge slump. I mean, he he uh, had kind of fallen off the map as far as points and that type of thing. And you know, Cousins I thought was doing really well on that line, but I didn't think Middlestat was. And my takeaway was when I saw it happen was all right, they're doing this to get Middlestat going. You know they they they're trying to flip things around a little bit to try to get him going, and it was interesting. Uh, he didn't like. I don't think he liked Skinner that whole game, and I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Um, because he he flipped that line in the first period, put Greenway on the line, and they scored their first shift together. That was when Tuck scored, and uh, they they kept that going. So. Uh, it, it just wasn't Skinner's night as far as I was concerned. Paul Hamilton joining us 
here as we chat about last night's Sabres game. Paul, there's also, of course, the bigger picture. And Lance Lasowski had a report from Kyle Oposo. I saw a quote that he and he said that he and Kevin Adams are on the same page, right? Like Adams is dealing with the deadline, and here's Oposo saying he would leave it at that. Would should you should we interpret anything from that? My, my immediate knee jerk would be to say he's he's made it clear he'd like to go somewhere and compete before he's done playing hockey. Mm, that would be my I just, guess. I just took it as it's none of your business. Okay, <laughs> really, um, I, you you could be totally right, uh, but I didn't. I I don't think there was any clue with what he said. I just think he felt uh, that's that's between me and Kevin. We've we've had a discussion now. Johnson hadn't had it as of uh, when we Monday. I think it would have been when I talked to him about it. He had not had a conversation with Adams yet. Because the way he put it was, you know, when the time comes, we'll have the conversation. And, you know, if if he thinks it's best for the team that I move on, uh, then that's what I'll do. Um, but um, so it, it, it sounds like Kevin – well, Kevin and – obviously Kevin and Oposo have had the conversation. But whatever uh, – all he's going to say is they're on the same page, uh, whether – you know, he wants to stay and, and finish the year here, or does he want an opportunity to make the playoffs and have one last kick at the can at a Stanley Cup? Do you have an idea on, like, his? would his value be any different, you think, Paul, than other veteran token pieces that kind of get passed around at the deadline? Like, if Eric Johnson gets traded, I think are we kind of expecting, like, a late-round pick? Like, would Poso have any chance of being different because of, I don't know, like, anything? Like, he's been scoring more goals this year, I know. Um, or do you think he might be similar in that you shouldn't be expecting anything of consequence? I would say anywhere from a fifth to seventh round pick for any of those guys, whether it's Gergensen, Johnson, Oposo. Um, I mean, Gergensen also is on a, a pace that would get him double-figure goals. I mean, and, you know, Oposo's already there, but um, for the most part, I mean, Gergensen's did kill some penalties last game, but his penalty killing, I don't think, has been very good. I was talking to another media member about this yesterday, and uh, we both agreed. I, I, I don't think this, he's been as near as effective a penalty killer, and he hasn't been doing as much of it either because of it uh, for the, for last season and this season. And I think if if you're trading for him, you know, for a playoff run or something like that, I think you need a penalty killer, uh, or, you know, the, a good mm-hmm. penalty killer. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, Paul, this, this weekend, um, there's another stretch or back-to-back coming up soon too, but this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, it's their first back-to-back in over a month. So I think we'd all obviously expect at least one of those to be Lukanen. How would you set the odds for who might get that second game? Could it be like, – would it have to be Comrie? Could it be Lukanen back-to-back, Levi? Like, how many different things do you think they could actually uh, do for who starts the, that other game? I was listening to Marty do, do his show, uh, and he he had commented he, – he basically just said, you know, well, that's pro- – he, he thinks Levi, when they need a goaltender, would be called up. I would not do that. I I would absolutely – I would have told Levi that Rochester is your team right now and do what you can do. Get them to the playoffs, to put them on a playoff run. Uh, you know, it's your team. You know, run with it. 
type of a thing. So uh, for, definitely for me, it would be Comrie. Even if there's an injury, I still don't think I would bring him up uh, unless you really had gotten yourself back in the playoff race somehow. Um, but uh, so so I would go with uh, Lucan in the first game and Comrie in the second because the second game is Winnipeg and Comrie, uh, you know, has played well against Winnipeg since, you know, leaving there, you know, since he was a Sabre. So he's done pretty well against them. So and, and also I think he can monitor it, too. You can look at it and uh, see how how much work did Lukanen get against Vegas. Uh, mm-hmm. Did he did he have a lot of shots? Was it a tough game, or could he play both? Because mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to play both back to backs this week. I think maybe he might have one of them in him, where he could do one of them. But I, you know, you got a back to back Saturday, Sunday, then you got one in the middle of the week too. Uh, so I don't think he could do both, especially Toronto, Customs, Nashville type of a back to back. So the home one. Yeah, maybe maybe they would let him play both, but the the, the Toronto to Nashville one with customs in the middle, I I I just don't see that one goaltender playing both those games. Paul Hamilton joining us, recapping last night's Sabres game. Next up, Vegas tomorrow. Any uh, intrigue there, Paul? What do you think? Well, Jack Reichel might return from his knee injury. I mean, he doesn't have the non-contact jersey on anymore. So it might, it might be a good possibility that he'll make his return, you yeah. know, from injury in that game. And you might remember last time he showed up in Buffalo, um, mm-hmm. I think he had three goals. Did he? Did he mix in a few assists there too? Or I, I, as I'm trying to remember, but he at least had three goals. Yeah. And really, really enjoyed sticking it to the fans in their face uh, because first time he came back, he got booed uh, unmercifully and he didn't play very well and then he went after the fans yeah after the game but uh eichel in the second time back got the last laugh call that eye on the blue and gold brought to you by great lakes building systems we keep an eye on your business so you don't have to great lakes building systems our business is protecting your business eye on tomorrow's game with vegas thanks paul no problem guys take care joe has some uh, trivia from what mm-hmm. I understand coming up. Trivia giveaways. Sal from uh, uh, for an update on Indianapolis and the Combine. Wide receivers speak today. Defensive backs test today. Mystery guest and the return of a monstrously popular segment in the 9 o'clock hour. Stay tuned for that. Jeremy and Joe on WGR. You call her five to win a pair of tickets to the men's college basketball tournament watch party at Seneca Resort and Casino Thursday, March 21st or Sunday, March 24th. This open court ticket includes unlimited access to the fantastic buffet, five hours of tournament viewing, high-speed internet, and a cash bar. First come, first serve seating. Must be 21 or older to win. Visit SenecaNiagaraCasino.com for details. We have instant trivia. Instant trivia, which is presented by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. Jack Eichel might play tomorrow. He'll at least be with the team, so returns to Buffalo tomorrow. The last time he returned to Buffalo, he scored a hat trick. During the drought, there have been five players to play for the Sabres and also score a hat trick against them. Wow. Eichel is one of the five. Can you name the other four? 
Okay, so also the, kind of amazing that there are five played for them. Played for them during the drought. Okay, and scored a hat trick against the Sabers. All right, uh, boy, I sh- one of these I will tell you. One other one happened last year. Did O'Reilly score three against the Sabers? He did for Toronto. Three goals. He scored two in the first five minutes, and that was not a fun game to be at. Unless you like, you know, if you're a sicko Saber fan, just like the Leafs that you going like the, nuts for the, the punishment justice. Just, it, I was laughing. I won't say that. I, sure. was, I will accept did that. Kane? Kane did not. Kane had a two-goal game, but not a hat trick. I'm trying to think of the earlier stages of it. Like, did Vanek ever have a three-goal game against the Sabres? I don't think so. Nope. Pominville? Nope. That's a good guess, too. There's, um... I would say one of the remaining three played multiple seasons for them. The other two are more like, oh, yeah, he played for them. There's no way a defenseman did this, right? No. Okay. Evan Rodriguez? Nope. Think Vanek Pominville teams. From the Sabres drought? Yeah. Drew Stafford? Nope. No, you're... Derek Roy? No, you're on the right track. Little after. Tyler Ennis. Yes. Ennis had a hat trick against the Sabres. In 2022 for Ottawa. <laughs> like, recently, he yeah. did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one other that you're going to go, oh, yeah, he was a Sabre. And the other one is on the team right now. On the Sabres? Yes. There is a Sabre on the team right now that has scored a hat trick against them. During... Oposo? Oposo? Nope. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mm-hmm. Talk? Nope. Not Eric. <laughs> not Eric Robinson. Eric Robinson what? is correct. He is score. He has a hat trick against the Buffalo Sabers. <laughs> when? <laughs> and then the last one. This came in 2013, and it's the most mad I've ever been that the Sabers have actually this jersey exists. It makes me mad. Makes you mad that the jersey exists. Yeah, I can't, I, I, him him ever being on the Sabres okay. makes me want to puke. Give me that bowl so I can puke in it. Now I know. It's Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl. Yeah. Eichel, Robinson, O'Reilly, Ennison, Stahl. Eric Robinson. So five <laughs> Sabres. Five guys. So five, there were Sabres during the drought scored a hat trick against the Sabres during the drought. Yes. You find some good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sicko trivia. That's some good stuff. That's really what it should be called. All right, we got to guess the Vegas hot dog later. We'll check in with Sal. It's a day to hear receivers talk about what it might be like to be a member of the Bills. They test tomorrow. But the story yesterday was about safeties, defensive backs, and we'll get to Sal on that. His piece about what kind of player the Bills look for in that department. Coming up on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.